I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Special guest on the Touch Em All podcast, Patrick Royce joins me. Patrick, welcome to your first Touch Em All. Yes, and uh, thank you. And uh, we're sitting here on an absolutely gorgeous day in Fort Myers watching George Toma work like a monster at yes. 89 years old. And Which, uh, it's amazing. We could say that just about any day since I've got down here. Perfect day, and George is out raking the field. When we got here, when spring training first started, I was a little worried about George's tan. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. quite as golden he's brown cut, as usual, but he's up. back yeah. now, baby. He's he catching is up back. to you. The uh, hell was skin cancer. Yeah, he's catching up to you. Uh, Pat, I want to start this with a broad view question. We can talk about twins. We can talk about Logan Morrison. We can talk about analytics. I know your favorite topic. But from 30,000 feet, here we are, what, 15 months into Derek Falvey and Thad Levine's reign as the Twins. what? How has your impression changed from the day we heard this this guy was being hired to be the chief baseball officer till today in his second spring training? Uh, my impression has changed only in the depth of the commitment of the front office I mean, of of uh, the owner, Polad, Carl, Jim Polad and his family, and Dave St. Peter and everybody to just turn it over to these guys and let them bring in anybody they wanted. Yeah. Uh, the only caveat that I can see that existed was they had to bring back Paul Molitor for one, one more year, and that worked out for them. Sure. But I, you know, they all say that what they're going to do and how they're fully committed. But the fact that uh, these people have allowed, been allowed to bring in uh, just untold numbers of young geniuses, of, mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm not saying that in a derogatory fashion, uh, but but I'm, I mean, I've been coming to spring training. This is my 44th spring training. And I knew everybody in the organization yes. for 42 years. Right. And now I don't know 80% of these people. And, and I'm, Is it really you know, 80%? That's me. Yeah, I mean, I don't go out and, you know, I'll say hello to somebody if I'm sitting next to them, but I haven't gone out and pursued these guys because I'm not a beat guy. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm completely confused as to what this guy does and that yes. guy does. Yes, and, yes. And, uh, but, hey, you know, you got to have a theory. you got to have a... You got to have an idea what you want to do, and they have an idea what they want to do. You got to have yeah. a program, and and uh, whether it works out or not, they certainly have a commitment to their ideas. Yeah, and my only the only thing I'd add to that is that I I do try to figure out what these people do and where they came from, which Ivy League school, and all that, yes, yes. And, and which degrees they have. But even if you get the people talking, it's it's not very clear that they have defined roles. It's not very clear that there's a job description that you are this person, you crunch these numbers or, or, or whatever. You study the biomechanics of this. It's, all right, you're on the team. What can you do? you got to get your A job done, but if there are extra projects that you want to do on the side, I sense that there's just uh, there's a uh, line that Molitor used in one of the first press conferences this spring where, our uh, mutual friend Lavelle said, so 
lot of new faces around here, Molly. Has everybody been doing a good job of staying in their lane? And Molitor <laughs> paused for a second and said, well, we're supposed to drive in other people's lanes <laughs> yeah, now. Right. And that's the sense I get. And you know what? Falby said that at his first press conference. Yes, he did. That, uh, you know, he used his favorite word, collaborative, yes. there. Now he can make fun of himself using collaborative all the time because yeah. the people who work with him. That's right. But it is indeed an open ship. Now, I haven't met this pitching guy from Tampa, what, Kalk or whatever. Josh Kalk. And I hear he gives dweeb a new meaning as far as baseball dweeb. But, you know, they, they don't want to sh- – they think they have stuff – and they don't want to share it, yeah. certainly with the media guys who yeah. they know don't know what the hell they're talking That's about right. anyway. <laughs> That's right. But Randy Bush told me, and, it, it, you know, the whole – to me, it's Theo Epstein. It's not Moneyball. If Theo right. hadn't won, yes. you yep. wouldn't have all these Ivy Leaguers, Eastern You'd have some. There'd be there. some teams who view that but, as their strength. But, but they're all – all be these 30. guys come within – come from within 200 miles of the Red Sox. Yes, you know, yes. Uh, where the Red Sox won. And – that's that's the fact that he won is what created this. You're I right. think a, a Yale guy, thirty years old, won a World Series, and I was talking to Randy Bush after the Cubs won a World Series, and it with as much brain power as there is now in baseball, I would say twenty five of the thirty teams are participating fully in this. Heck, I was up seeing the Tigers, and they're all in on yep. this stuff. Uh, he says Theo's looking for fifty two percent. He wants to be right 52% of the, you know, mm-hmm. that's his edge. He oh, wants yeah. to be 52% because he knows he's not going to be 70% smarter than everybody sure. else. He wants to be 52%. Yeah, you know? there was a podcast I was listening to the other day. It was Dave Cameron, who's, uh, yeah. he was one of the big writers at Fangraphs, and now he's been hired by the Padres as as yeah. baseball front offices go hire smart geeks from across the, the line. And Cameron said, it used to be you'd look for the edge and you'd see when the Mariners at DFA an all-star like Mike Cameron mm-hmm. and the smart teams would be like, hey, he's better than you think and we'll take him. And now pretty much every team thinks the same thing about the Mike Camerons of the world or whatever. So I'm interested in that 52% because it's not who is this hidden gem that nobody's ever heard of. It's how do you figure out the guys that are a little bit better than you thought or – that you can pay. They talked about that last year with Jason Castro, and I think we're seeing it with Jake Odorizzi and Logan Morrison too. Which is, here's a guy who we think is a good player, and we don't think it cost what it should have yes. to get him. So they signed Jason Castro, they trade for Jake Odorizzi, and then they sign for a left-handed hitting bat that we all predicted they needed right at the end of the last. You season. know, one of Theo's advantages has been, in addition to that 52 percent, he's not. He doesn't have to look for bargains. He can right. he now can he can pay yes. you Darvish. If he if he and his people decide, okay, this is the guy that's gonna win the World Series for us, give us that other starter sure. that's gonna win the World Series for us, and he's this much better than Jake Arietta. Yep. Uh he'll pay him twenty percent more than yes. he he can afford to do yeah. that. You know, if you know, if Billy Bean, who's kind of now passe, sure, but you know, or the race. If he if he had the the uh, same philosophy on you, Darvish, he couldn't sign him. That's right. Know, the so. Tampa so Bay Rays. So that is an advantage. Theo's been two places where budget is not an issue. So. There's a joke in the uh, sort of stats community that's been circulating again this winter that uh, 
and and we're making fun of ourselves, the stats community, the geeks that cover baseball, who <laughs> they're the Rays make fifteen moves that make their team a little bit worse overall and mm-hmm. a little bit cheaper, and we all say, ah, yes, yes, I see where he's going. The <laughs> Nationals spent $200 million on Max Scherzer, and we say, I don't get it. No. It doesn't no. make any sense. Yeah, that's no. true. Well, I'm not uh, fully invested, but I'm not uh, – I, I don't fight the I, – I don't pay attention to them. But, right. Uh, but I, you know, certainly uh, we're, we got Logan, Logan Morrison uh, in here now, and the whole launch angle thing, it's a launch angle, whatever it is, it's a new philosophy of it's shooting the three. Yes, it's yep. the ba- it's the baseball version of shooting the three, except a home run is occurs less frequently. Yeah. yeah, but it is okay. Hit a fly ball. Hit you know, shoot a three. You make thirty five percent. You're going to win games. Yes, and you know, swing for the fences. Hit three. You're going to win games. Right. So, Sometimes uh, you're going to fly out. But but I was looking something up. Yeah. Okay, on the home run topic. Okay. And the, and the, Are we talking you know, Morrison here? Well, I'll, I'll get to Morrison. Okay. But right. a lot of people trace this thing way back to Earl Weaver because Earl never stole a base. Don't never, waste outs. Never bunted. Yeah. Don't waste outs. Mm-hmm. Three-run homer. Yep. He says he's not going to get a guy. He's not going to have a double steal, have a guy throwing out a third, and then have a guy throw a hit and hit a home run. He was the three-run homer guy. Sure. So – but he wasn't a go up there and strike out guy if you don't hit a home run. Yeah. If you're if you make an out and it's a strikeout or a line drive to center, I don't care. He wasn't that. I looked up Boog Powell. Uh his big slugger. Yeah. Was Boog Powell. Yeah. Big burly. He's got a barbecue know, place out there. Looked now. like Sano almost, uh, only not as almost. tall and not as, you know, thirty pounds lighter. Yeah. Boog Powell. Uh, in 1969, 37 and 121 uh, home runs and RBIs with 76 strikeouts. Uh, he his career high in strikeouts was 111. Wow! And he struck out 15.7 percent of the of his plate appearances. Yeah, 15.7 percent. Harmon Killebrew, our yes. guy. Yep. Harmon, we used to Twins fans. Used to go to the game, and there was a even when he first came here, he was our first hero. People, there was a select crowd that couldn't stand it because sure. he struck out so much. Sure, right? Oh yeah, Harmon. He strikes out all the time, right? Okay, he strikes out all the time, and there was an element that booed Harmon. Okay, because he struck out all the time when he booed. Nine thousand eight hundred thirty-three plate appearances. 1,699 strikeouts, 17.3% yeah. of his uh, plate appearances. <laughs> Harmon Killebrew, his, uh, uh, he had 142 strikeouts in 1962, and I think that was 42. a major league record. Wow. And you know and, something else on him, just real quick. In his Twins uniform, he walked more times than he struck oh, out. Oh, heavens, yes. Where's the number? In 1967, uh, 49 and 140. 111 strikeouts, 131 walks. So, uh, <laughs> yes, right. so I guess what I'm saying is the strikeout that it doesn't make any difference if it's. I think that philosophy's changing a little bit sure. with Houston, didn't you think? Yeah, it, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, they're Houston gonna they want to put the ball in play. They went from and I the strikeout kings. I've got to figure out uh, the the analytics behind this because I think 
and it, I, if I can just speak for the whole geek community, it was, okay, you're going to strike out, but if that means you're going to hit home runs at this higher rate, the net trade is worth it. Sure. It's like shooting more threes. You're going to miss some threes, so you come away with no points on possessions, but you're going to score 140 points. You know, the same is true in baseball. But Houston very calculatedly went from the worst strikeout team in baseball, the Mark Reynolds-level players that, yeah, you're going to hit home runs and you'll strike out 35% of the time, to Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve. um, They got rid of Carlos Gomez. Yuli Gurriel didn't strike out as much as some of their previous power hitters. I think that that was part of the plan. And put the very ball much, in play. Yeah. Very much the reason. Put the ball in play hard. But yeah, they're the still in. hitting line drives. They're still hitting fly balls, and they're still hitting home runs. But it's not the 40% well, strikeout rate. The, the uh, first analytic, really, mm. in the 70s, probably, maybe the 60s, there's an old guy. There's a guy named Glenn Gostick who's not, no longer with us, but he was a uh, old baseball stat guy, okay. coach. He was a trainer, but he would keep track of runners advanced. Okay. That everybody in the league that was important, and I'd get a big folder of sure. of the stats at the end of the year, and it was you know when you batted, how many bases did you advance people? Yeah. And it was uh, so strikeouts don't you know so strikeouts were not appreciated in the base runner advanced stats. Was but it a total? Did, uh, it would be a percentage. Okay. And, uh, so you had this it, it many was, chances. It was, each line was like 14 yeah. characters long. And he was I'd, probably I'd pretty I'd glance thorough. at it, but he was, he was one of the great okay. characters of all time. But his analytic was advanced base runners. Yeah. And that you, what makes you a great player is advancing base runners. Sure. It was his theory. And, you know, if you advance... If you had a three-run homer, you advanced four mm-hmm. and three right. and two. You okay. know, you had nine. You had an at bat with nine advanced base runners. Sure, you know, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I I view it. We we make it complicated sometimes, but we're trying to score more runs. Yes, <laughs> I think that's that's what we're trying to do. And okay, what I try get... to measure is how guys contribute to that run scoring. You know, how how much does Sano's double in the seventh? Does that help? Uh, versus, uh, I, I think one of the things that gets overlooked, leadoff triple or something like that, nobody out, mm-hmm. and it, go ahead and hit a fly ball. That's Here's, that's your job now is to get know, that run home. Earl Weaver and I agreed on this, though. Uh, Earl wasn't big on the guy at second, nobody out, hitting the ground ball to second. Oh, yeah, I don't like and that. He didn't like I, He hated Every time Burt away. says productive outs, yeah, well, I that, cringe. That became such a legend. I've always hated it. Yeah. Because, you know, I always say hit a double. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know forget advancing. Them. Now, right. there are circumstances. Sure, of know, course. Well, you got a chance to go ahead in the eighth inning. Yeah. Brunanski said uh, trade places with him, I think. And yeah. I'm sure he didn't come up with that. But yeah. you, get, you see a guy on second base, don't but, squib him over. Go ahead and trade places. in the fourth inning... And there's a guy at second and nobody out in a one-run game. Yes. Or I, I don't want. I I mean, if he happened to actually, sure. I don't want a guy. It's better know, than a strikeout. Bailing but it's... out, taking a half a swing, hitting a ground ball <laughs> yeah. at second base, it drives me nuts. Yes, agree. And it drove Earl Weaver crazy, and Earl was my guy. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, I got to give you this. Here's okay, my, I checked with a friend of mine on our guy. Logan Morris. Oh, Morrison, not uh, Mark Tapkin. Somebody else covered him for two years. Uh, all or nothing swing, 
Tries to pull every pitch. Now, this was before last year. Yeah. All or nothing swing. Tries to pull every pitch out of the yard regardless of the situation. Not great, but better than you'd think on defense. Quirky and quotable, which is often entertaining, but can wear thin on occasion. Okay. But I always found him available and willing, even after tough losses. Not many of those left around. Big guy on wine, if you need something offbeat to talk about. <laughs> Had a deal with a vintner out here that named a wine after him. Wow. So He's got uh, a we, wine we got the wine after. angle. But okay. uh, that was a, uh, that's our little well, remorse. So, Tory so he has apparently always been a pull hitter. Yes, and more so recently. I think the Rays really said, hey, go ahead. Tap in it. Just do it. Just go for it. Well, you got Miggy. Yes. You got Miggy trying to yank it to left and him trying to yank it to right. There'll be some. We could, uh, if those two guys get 600 at bats between them hitting third and fourth, that that could be a big number. I think there will be some home runs hit this year at Target Field. I was watching batting practice over on Steli Field, Pat, before this podcast, and. Sano was having a bet with his teammates of, you know, mm-hmm. he, can, I, can I hit more than Polanco and yes. this guy combined? And it's a big show. Morrison was quiet about it. He was in the Maurer, Dozier, Jason Castro group, and he was just quietly working on straightaway center field. He's got power there. I can tell you he's got power to right, right field. When It's not a question of is it going to be high enough and far enough. It's is it fair because mm-hmm. he was hitting him into he the does. parking lot on does the he? other side. Okay. Yes, at, and and I think he said during his introductory press conference, he said, I never really thought of myself as a power hitter. And I, I guess it would make sense, Pat, if he was coming up and he wasn't this size. But if he's this size, I would think every team in the league sees him as a power guy. And he really just started playing into that last yeah. year. We had a, uh, a entertaining little 20 minutes with him in a yeah, formal news conference. But, you know, he went in. He was still working out when the game ended. Yes, yep. yep. He spent the... Four hours in the back. Were room. you talking with uh, Derek Shelton after the game? He's managing the split squad game. Were you? In I, that? I walked in late. Sh- Shelton mentioned that uh, if you needed to know what kind of a guy he is, here he is, just past his physical. He was at the game, not playing. He's going to debut on Friday. He was at the game, and he stayed seven innings longer than you would expect the regular, which I took to mean he stayed there oh. for the whole game. I mean, this is a new team. He Just his first day, he could have got in, taken yeah. his physical, done his press conference, and gone home, and he was there cheering for the minor well, leaguers that aren't going to make the team. Yeah. yeah, and Hot Rod, the uh, equipment manager, not Hot Rod Fernando Rodney, which yes. is what he calls him, I said to him, I said, is he is is he still there? And I, Is he still here? And I was talking about Snow, and he thought I was talking about Morrison. He says, oh. yeah, he's still in there. And I said, Snow? He said, no, he left. He said, Morrison's still in there. He says, I can tell already the guy's an animal. Yes, he, he said, is. So and and you can – he's strong and quotable, to borrow a phrase there. But I think they got a really good player. I, I think I joked earlier that I don't think that they went into the offseason saying we need a left-handed power bat for DH. I don't think they said he that. He was there for him. That's exactly right. I think they – Falvey's used the word opportunistic, and I hate to just repeat that catchphrase, but it really seems like the kind of signing where they said, uh, we don't really need this, but if he's going to make our team better and that's yes. really all it's going to cost. that uh, You were asking me when we started what – was my number one impression here? What is my impression different? Yeah. They, if if they see some guys ten percent better, they're going to make that move. They're yeah. going to, you know, right? They're going to, uh, you know, they're going to. They use. I've never seen it when they said they used the whole forty man. They weren't kidding. Yes, but yes. 
But they see Morrison as, you know, okay, Kenny Vargas, Robbie Grossman, fine. They could have survived, but they see this guy as 10 or 20% better, yeah. and they can get him for a decent price. They're trying to get better everywhere. Yes. And in the past, I think you might – this is not a criticism of Terry Ryan. I'm talking about every team You'd, 10 years ago. Terry would stick with his own guys more than these Sure, guys. but 10 years ago, you'd look around the league, and they'd say, oh, well, they've got a first baseman. You know, Oh, yeah. well, Joe's there. You, yeah. so, so you'd cross their name off the list as a Logan Morrison destination. Now I don't think you can do that with a lot of teams, and the Twins are on that list too. You you can't say, well, they've got Barrales, so yeah. they don't need Jake Odorizzi. Interesting know? thing about baseball too, the the reverse of that is uh, the outfielder. Who did the uh, Rays just let go and then brought in C.J. Crone? Well, they traded um, Corey Dickerson. They yeah, they him. traded Corey Dickerson. And Souza and they, too. And they say, okay, Corey Dickerson, it cost us six. Yes. This guy costs us three, and he might be five percent yes. less. I yes. mean, it's it's. I mean, that's an ana- what they're doing is analytical too. Yes, it's that, but they're trying to do an analytical at seventy-two million dollar payroll. It's, yeah, that's why we make but, fun of. But but that's another example of okay. Am I paying this guy? You know, the twins. Am I paying this guy eight million dollars when I could have a guy that's ninety five percent as good as him making two million dollars? Yeah, so or that, I mean, they, that's the that's the new world we live in. So I think baseball is going to have to. Just, you know a, what? To just say so, but in the past they just say I'm not signing. You know, they right. they just get rid of that yes. guy they thought was making too much without having yeah the 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 the. the Rep- the mystical, yes. the mystical, the mysterious uh, repl- above replacement player, player yes. would be a real stiff. Yeah, well, the Twins know. had a lot of replacement pitchers last year and guys who aspired to be replacement-level players. But I, I think that's going to be one of the things that the players' union is going to want to address, whether they can or not is another issue. But, hey, if somebody's making five hundred thousand and can produce eighty five percent of the value, we'll take him. We'll sure. cut the ten million dollar guy, and that's that's fairly new as far as being widespread. Well, the, the, what the baseball, what more than anything, what they're discovering is that uh, the days of the ten year contracts for thirty two year old guys are over. Yeah, I mean, Albert, people see Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera and say, uh, you know, and the, and the the union right wants those guys. Yes. And let's face it. In the steroid, in the drug testing era, now there's probably still PEDs and drug testing around, sure. and steroids around. But the the uh, we're back to the era when age 26 to 31 was prime time. Yeah, it's not you know if you sign a guy, if you sign a 34 year old now to a seven or eight year contract, you might get two three years out of him, but yes. you're going to end up burning the money at well, the end. It's interesting because I came into baseball. In the steroid era, the first year I tell people this that I have vivid recollections of watching games is the home run race in 1998. Oh yeah, and I was there, sucking it up like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> believing yeah. everything I saw. Well, I looked you... at Mark. I looked at Mark McGuire's back, the size of this building, and said, <laughs> "Boy, he must really work out a yeah, lot." He's <laughs> he's in the gym. <laughs> Who was the guy you were following for that summer? You you had said you spent was it Griffey? You spent a lot of time. Um, in press scrums with, or was it McGuire? No, I, I just was in St. Louis for McGuire. Got it. The, the, the last two or three days okay. of the Sosa McGuire. Okay. No, Rose was the guy that 
that I followed around for oh, a while okay. when he was going for the hit record. Sure, but, it's a uh, different story. Yeah, different story. That it, was that was the hit record when Pete was the manager and probably gambling against his own team. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, allegedly. But hits. Allegedly. Probably, I said. I didn't I say know, it definitely. Hey, so that is an interesting thing. And, and then I've got one final question for you on, on the modern twins. But the aging curve, if you want to call it that, that guys sort of just – 31, and then eh, it's probably yeah, it downhill from there. drifting a little bit. Besides yeah. the steroid era, that that's what it was. Yes. I mean, I mean, previous to that, and that's interesting insight. Well, Levine, I, I had Levine on the radio a couple of weeks ago, and he said that's what he said. The aging curve is uh, – he made some comment about the aging curve is uh, – what it was uh, before we had this period of he didn't call it the steroid <laughs> yeah. era, but whatever it was. He probably yeah he's he's not. I wrote this the other day. If he's not careful, he is going to lose out the one liner battle in camp to Logan Morrison. I oh, mean, yeah. Thad's got the head start, but Logan Morrison might have a quicker pace. Let me say this about Falvey. He seems a lot looser this year. That he's yeah. not as uptight when you talk to him as he was a year. Well, ago. it was state secrets they, last year. Yeah, I think they've. I think they've found their footing a little more. And so. he, he probably borrows that from his uh, more experienced colleague, too, who says, hey, you know, there are some things we shouldn't tell these guys, but a little personality Yeah, you can answer helps. a question without Trinity College gobbledygook. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, let sure. Spielman be the guy that lies every time he opens his mouth. Yes, yes, agreed. <laughs> I was going to That's say. That's another topic. The NFL, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we, we shouldn't go down that yes. rabbit hole. Uh, twins, 2018. They've, in my perspective, added some wins this winter, made themselves a better club, deeper on the pitching staff. But I think they're still looking up at the Indians, and I think I look around the rest of the American League and I say, the wild card will be no cakewalk this year. Oh, heavens no. Do you think that the Twins have done enough to make it to the postseason again? I think every baseball season stands on its own, and if you get unlucky, uh, you can be right back to 75 wins. And if you get lucky you can be high 80s maybe sure. with this team but you know if you know you come out of the gate and go 0 and 9 yeah you know you're not going to go this team's not going to go 59 and 103 but there's many possibilities out there for them yeah when you're in this circumstance you, you, you know you know the Yankees in Houston and unless Cleveland gets injuries are going to be really good yes. but the twins are in that great middle yeah where they can be good but you know, they overachieved last year. Sometimes you turn around and underachieve. You know, when teams pop up and improve by 26 wins, they have a tendency to flatten out. Yeah, so we'll I think see. I think that the uh, perspective that I've heard a lot from, you know, my friends or family or anything this winter is, well, if they did all that last year and got better, mm-hmm. just what will they have in store this year? Tell and those fans, uh, uh, tell those friends of yours to look at the – 2017-18 Minnesota Gophers basketball, okay. yeah, which right. improved from eight to 24 victories yes. last year, and we wanted to have a parade. Yes. Hey, how'd that work out? So yes. you never know. That's the great thing about sports. We know what's going to happen unless it doesn't. Yes, exactly right. All right, well, Patrick, I uh, want to be respectful of your time. I know you got a radio show coming on. Thank you so much for joining on your debut episode of the Touch Em All podcast. All right, sir, Derek. Thank you, and uh, keep it going. Uh, it's uh, you guys. Uh, you guys. I, I had no idea how uh, hard you were working on these things. Yeah, I did. I, let me say the one thing. My sure. most enjoyable thing of having you as a roommate was when Uh-oh. I heard you going on the Mackey and Judd show, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. and 
15 minutes, uh, 15 seconds after we'd announced Logan Morrison had signed and Judd was worried about improving the pitching. Yes. Uh, yes. We, could, we couldn't even celebrate yes. for 30 seconds. Yeah, I Judd, don't think... Yeah, okay, we got Logan Morrison. He had 38 home runs last year. But what are you going to do? Let's get Chris Archer. Yes, I don't think Judd even asked me a question about Logan Morrison. No, I think no, I think he asked me about Lance Lynn on yeah. the day of the Morrison news. Now, now we've uh, – you know what? There isn't a lot of difference between Jake Odorizzi and Lance Lynn, in my opinion. Yeah, well, uh, on the Touch Them All podcast, uh, thank you to listeners. We set a download record last month, and now thanks to Patrick. Hopefully March will be off to a hot start as well. Uh, Thanks for subscribing, and leave us a review on iTunes if you would. We'll have more of these interviews coming up from Fort Myers.